Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills podcast is a broadcast outreach of Dag Heward Mills Ministries, which has the duty to bring you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and megachurch pastor, Dag Heward Mills. As a Christian, there are many great opportunities that God has in store for you to enter into the ministry. This Monday's teaching will help you recognize when a great door has been opened unto you and you will discover 10 great doors that God expects you to enter. Bishop Dag will focus on different people in the Bible and the doors that were opened unto them that God is waiting for you to go through also. Allow today's message to encourage you to walk through every door that God will set before you with confidence. Be blessed by the word.
Wonderful. You may be seated. Thank you, Father. What a blessed day and time to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. And we thank God that we are back in the Jesus Savior of the world square. Last week we were here and it rained. We enjoyed a few showers, but we are back here again. And um, we thank God in all things. We were still happy and blessed. Those of us who are watching, sorry we couldn't come back because we were so uh, engrossed in organizing ourselves, reorganizing ourselves. But um, today is Hamatan. Today has Hamatan has finally come to Ghana, uh, to, to Accra. So we are guaranteed a rainless Sunday for some Sundays until the Hamatan goes away. Hamatan is a winter in Ghana. Hallelujah. And uh, we had a consecration service last week also. And that was also powerful. The UOFLC 190 has become a reality. Amen. And uh, sorry we couldn't stream it live. But there are some things you have to be here in person. So next time, make sure you are there live. It's not everything that is announced. And um, we thank God for what he has done and is doing. Amen. Now, today, um, we come again to a time where we can determine our destiny financially by the act of giving. And I want you to turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 19. It says, and out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of them that make merry. So, I want you to declare, I'll be saying thank you throughout this year. And I will be merry throughout the year. I will make merry throughout this year. Then he says, and I will multiply them and they shall not be few. And I will also glorify them and they shall not be small. Amen. So the prophetic word for the offering this morning is I will I will be multiplied this year. Amen. I will be multiplied this year. And then number two, I will not be few. I will not be few. I know the English is a little odd, but it means what it's trying to say. I will not be few. So, you not be few. 
you shall not be few. Your money will not be few. Your things will not be few. Your dresses will not be few and your shoes will not be few. Your coins will not be few and your notes will not be few. And your euros will not be few and your dollars will not be few. I shall not be few this year. And my status will supernaturally change this year. My status will supernaturally change this year. Amen. Now, this year, every barrier between you and your promised land disappears. Amen. Do you believe that there are barriers? Do you know that there are barriers? There are things that are keeping you out of your promised land. The land God has promised you. He says, I will multiply them. They shall not be few. You will not be few. Nothing about you will be few. And you will be multiplied. So whatever you are and you have will be multiplied according to the word of God. This is a prophecy that we believe fiercely. Amen. I will multiply them and they shall not be few. You know, as you go through life, you come to respect that there are certain things that can only be explained by the power of God. Yes. And when God is proclaiming over you today that I will multiply you, you know, many people don't multiply. And many things don't multiply. I believe that your church is multiplying before your very eyes. Yes. Your church is multiplying in front of you. So there is a grace to multiply. Yes. And I was talking to our bishop from Mozambique and he was telling me about seven different cities that he's building cathedrals in Mozambique. Cathedral in Maputo. Cathedral in Matola. Cathedral in Shashai. Cathedral in Tete. When you go to Johannesburg, if you fly with South African Airways, you'll see on the board some of these towns. Tete. Flight South African Airways to Tete. And where again? Beira. All right. Where is he? I cannot see him. Where is he? Is he around? Okay. And then Nyambani. And then uh, yeah. Nampula. You know, seven cathedrals. A young man who got saved in front of a Kumasi sports stadium many years ago during uh, what we used to call its gospel crusade. 
he came forward, he was passing by, and he came forward and gave his life to Christ. You know, and then we had a program in Kumasi, and I laid hands on him. He went to university, came back, and now he's building seven different cathedrals with members. They are already churches, full. What I'm saying is that there are many who go to countries and try one thing, but for the thing to be multiplied by seven, it's a powerful thing because even in Ghana, it's not easy for any pastor of any church to have have seven headquarters. Quarters. I know what I'm, you think I don't know how to speak English. But I want you to understand the English I'm speaking. That's why I said seven headquarters. Plural of headquarters. A new plural. Multiply them. What people have only one of. By the power of God, you have seven of that thing. What people have only one of. You will have a hundred of that same thing. That's the power of God multiplying things that people have only one of. Yes. So God said, I, I will multiply them. Yes. And they shall not be few. I will multiply them. They will not be few. So I believe that if God places his hand on you and says, I'll multiply you, that's it. You multiply. Right there and then, you become a multiplied version of what you would have been. The version you would have been, you become a multiplied version of it. So if God eyes your bank account at Echo Bank and says, I will multiply you. And then he says, you shall not be few. Those who are in the account, you shall not be few. Matara basota shanda He eyes your account in Citibank. Hey. Or Barclays Bank. Or whatever bank is in your country. And he says, I will multiply you. And you shall not be few. Then it means the blessing of God comes on that thing that you have and it becomes plenty. So, brothers and sisters, today as we sow our special seed, you know, and like I say sometimes, it's time to give an offering. Give your offering, give your tithes. Like last week, suddenly we were off. Should have given your tithes, your offerings, your second offering, everything all in one. Should in case something happens, but by the grace of God, nothing will happen. Amen. And God is going to multiply. Now, I feel the grace of God that came on me and multiplied what I was doing at Kolebu and Kolekono and has multiplied it into over 90 to 100 nations. Is upon you in your life in Jesus' name. And as you plant your seed, I want you to believe God for this prophecy to come to pass. I will multiply them and 
they shall not be few. Yes. Nothing about you will remain, I mean the good things will remain unmultiplied after today. Yes. I'll multiply you. I'll multiply you. I'll tell you a testimony. You know, many years ago, I was with my uncle in England. And I had a lot of time on my hands. So I used to walk about on the streets and pray. Sometimes on the fields. And one day, it was a rainy day. I really prayed a particular prayer. And I find myself remembering that day. Because I believe that things happen on specific days. And do you know what I prayed for? I prayed, that was, I must, I don't know how old I was. Either I was a teenager or I was in my early 20s. I, no, I think I was a teenager. I prayed, Lord, make me fruitful. Make me fruitful. Now, today when I look back, I realize that God has actually answered that prayer. My books are multiplied. Churches are multiplied. Pastors are multiplied. There is nothing that is not multiplied. He has made me fruitful. Now, some years later, um, I had a chance to go back to visit that uncle. And because he wasn't well. Now, when I went there, I really felt the edge to go and stand at the same corner where I prayed, Lord, make me fruitful. Because I thought I could remember that it was here that I prayed, Lord, make me fruitful. You know, I believe God answers prayers. And today, as we are sowing a seed, I don't know if you really believe what you are doing, but I believe that if God is to hear this prayer, I'll multiply you and you shall not be few. Nothing about you will remain unmultiplied and nothing about you will be few or little. Hallelujah. As I'm preaching, I can see a train dropping uh, passengers. How many churches have trains bringing uh, church members to church? Is it not a multiplication? Yes, because it's more than a car. Yeah. What a blessing. So, brothers and sisters, I want you to know that a great grace of multiplication I was discussing with my administrator. We are building, like, when I say we are building, like the project has started. I've been encouraging people to join to build cathedrals. And I think nine people, is it nine? Yeah, nine people have so far. But we have started 40 40 cathedrals, you know, at the same time, new projects. Yes, 
of 40 cities in, in Ghana and 12 in the Caribbean. Yes. Practically. So I'm, I'm talking about multiply. Like nothing is, nothing is just one or two. Nothing is the main thing. Again, there's no main place to attack. Did you hear what I said? There's no main place to attack. Because it's all multiplied. There are many headquarters. One day you'll be living in a house and people will think that that's your main house. But not knowing that it's one of the houses. One day people will see you driving a car and they will think that it's the main car. But they are not known that it's one of the cars. Receive the grace of God over your life. Take out your special offering. Take your tithes. And if you want to be a part of the cathedrals project, just contact my secretary and administrator. She will show you exactly what to do. Mercy. She will show you exactly what to do. Those who are building the 500 churches, community churches, please also contact the same person and we are on it. Before we die, more churches will be in the world. You know, one day I met a man at Osu. You know what he told me? My vision is to build nightclubs. My vision is to do what? Build nightclubs. And to my surprise, I've seen two nightclubs that only he has built. Two nightclubs. That's his vision. To make a place to fool and drink and do bad things. Should you and I not have a vision to build more churches? Yes. What a blessing. So, please take your offering your tithes, those who are part of the church building, don't falter, don't stop. 2021, I will multiply you and you shall not be few. Nothing about you will be few. The notes of dollars and euros and pounds and CDs and what? Quaches, Nairas, Swiss francs, shillings, will not be few. I prophesy it. The prophecy you believe is the prophecy that you receive in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, bless everyone as we give our offering today in Jesus' name. You can give online. The signs are there. I think Vodafone is not working here. So how else can we give? There's no Vodafone. There's MTN work. You can give to the MTN number. What's the MTN number in Ghana? MTN is 024-631-8494. 024-631-8494. There is zero reception here for Vodafone. So if you are, you are want to give a mobile money, it's 024 
8494. Amen. And we are also giving a cash offering. Pay your tithes. Most of us should move into mobile money and banking so that the money is not on you physically. And also because of Corona, touching money, touching things, somebody has touched it, wipe his hand, wipe somewhere, wipe it, hold it, press it, touch it, feel it, and then gives it to you. I say, whatever. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. I mean, when I'm paying my tolls at the place, I don't touch the people. But you see so many people touching the toll man. So all the COVID patients are touching the toll man. Before he gets to you, he has touched about 270 COVID people who also touch you. Then when you hold your steering wheel, then you scratch your face, you scratch your nose, you eat plantain, you eat granite, you do whatever. <laughs> Before you realize, you can't even know where you got it from. So please, learn. I used to tell people, when you hold money, it's dirty. They didn't believe me. Now we are seeing all these things, practically. Yeah. Every toilet you go to where the door, you have to hold it to open it. I tell you, better get something to use to hold the door. Because that holding of the door, you might as well have kept your toilet inside and, and gone home with it. Because what you have collected from the toilet as you are coming out, I tell you, it's more than whatever. Hold on tight. Amen. Now, the reason why we are having a church service here rather than in the great hall is for social distancing and air. Air waves. All right? Yeah. And I'm aware that it's, it's hot, but the sunshine is also good for our health. Do you get it? And uh, it helps. So I prefer to be outside. So if you don't prefer, you can watch online or on TV. And we're hoping to go back to the center very soon. I gave them 14 days, but I don't think they can make it. So it may be a little more than 14 days because there's no roof still, as I'm speaking. There's no roof on, on the top of the church. So when we go, it's just like here. So why not enjoy something that even Vodafone Cry have not reached here? You get what I'm saying? This is natural environment. Even Vodafone has not been able to penetrate here. It shows how clean the environment is. Yes, it's a clean environment. And even for us to have MTN here, we have brought a special something. Is it still here? Yeah. Special something. Yeah, that we, we put, they put over there. Otherwise, we didn't have any reception. Now, this is a very clean environment. Just natural trees. A lot of people watch us on TV. They said, are you in Israel? I said, yes, we are in the Holy Land. We are in the Holy Land. Is it not a Holy Land? It's not a blessed land. Yes. Now, the sand that is down there, as it gets on your feet, and as you march out, you are carrying the anointing of a builder, of an achiever, of a champion, of an overcomer, in the name of Jesus. And that's why Jesus said, even the dust 
on your feet. Shake it off because it is the dust of cursed people who did not receive the man of God when he came there. So even the dust has something. So as your feet are getting dusty, you should be looking and giving glory to God. Say, hey, thank God for this dust. What a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh! 
Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the greater love gospel. I can't hear your hand clap. Are you alive? Hamatan has arrived here at the Anakazo campus in the Jesus Savior of the World Square. Can you feel Hamatan, those of you here? Those of you joining us live, once again, you're welcome. We've come to the most exciting part of today's service. We've come to the part where we hear from God. Amen. We, we dance and sing in other places, but the only place where we hear from God is right here in the house of God. And we are blessed not only to have our own church, but we have our own square. Amen. And those of you watching us online, we are blessed to have you, but um, it would have been better if you were here. There's something powerful about being here. And I believe God is about to speak to us and transform something in us. Amen. Um, this week, um, I, I, I learned something about small changes, that little, little changes lead to a big change. And I believe that as we come to church every week, God changes something small in us, week after week after week. But by next year, in January, one year from now, you'll not recognize who you've become and who God has made you into. And I believe that every prophecy, every prayer, every cup of communion, every cup of blessing, and every word and every verse that comes to you every Sunday is changing something in you and transforming you from glory to glory. Are you ready for the word of God? Oh, I, I don't feel your, your honest excitement. Are you ready for the word of God? How many of you can identify something in you that has to change? How many of you can identify something in you that has to change? And I believe today the word of God is transforming you and is changing you. Are you ready to hear from the prophet? At the back, I can't hear you. Are you ready to hear from the prophet? Now turn to your neighbor and say, nothing is impossible. Now tell your neighbor, I know you think it's impossible. But nothing is impossible. Amen. Nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Say nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible when you're trusting in His word. Say, hearken to the voice of God. Is there anything too hard? Hard for me, then put your trust in God alone and rest upon His word for everything. For everything, for everything, yes, everything is possible with God. All over this place, lift your hand and wave at me and sing, Nothing is impossible. 
impossible when you put your trust in God. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible when you're trusting in His word. Talk to the voice of God. Talk to the voice of God to me. Is there anything to Now take up your hearts and wave your hearts. Put your trust in God alone. Well, the umbrellas, as you declare that everything, oh, everything, yes, everything is possible. Give the Lord a shout of praise and let's welcome the prophet Bishop Dag Heward Mills. Hallelujah! I can't hear your shout. Wow. Father, thank you for this opportunity that we have in your presence today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, today I want to go straight into the message that I started last week, but I couldn't get far. A great door, 1 Corinthians 16 verse 9, and effectual is opened unto me and there are many adversaries now in everyone's life doors open for you a great door is a great opportunity okay now the main thing the main thing that we are asking ourselves is how do you know when a great door is opened unto you? How do you know? Because I believe that many times great opportunities come to people and they are just not able to see or recognize that a great opportunity and a great blessing has come to me. A door has opened now, for instance, as a pastor, all right, pastor, uh, over the years, I've watched the opportunity to marry appear uh, and opportunity to become something, you know, or become somebody in terms of marriage has appeared to a number of people and somehow they were not able to see that a door was open in front of them. And uh, when the opportunity passed by, all right, then it became apparent that they had missed a great opportunity. Sometimes after they got married, after life passed by, then they realized that, oh, wow, there was really a great opportunity for me, and I missed it. And so today... Uh, my concern is not with the great adversaries, but with the great door, the opportunity that comes. So I don't want you to ever miss an opportunity again in your life. All right? And so I want you to see very briefly in this uh, time here, just some ways to detect that, look, this is a door. I should walk through it. It's a door. It's a door. Many years ago, I was in a lift in Korea. 
a lift that goes up and down. And then there was a shortish man standing opposite me. And then he suddenly pulled out a complimentary card. And it was an unusual complimentary card. I had not seen one like that before. It had a photograph of a church service, a large church. And he, sa- he gave it to me. I didn't read it. It was in Spanish. And he said, uh, I want to invite you to come to, to me. This is my church. And um, I said, okay. And then the lift arrived and I went. But uh, he was serious. And uh, when I was in Ghana, I was one time in the office in Collegon, and I got a call from South America. And this man was the same man was calling me. He said, we want you to come in broken English to come to our country to come and speak in our church. Now, that was a great door. Now, at the same time that he was inviting me to come, we were having our 21-day fasting. So I thought to myself, you know, um, this is not a time to travel to South America. Um, I, I think I want to stay and uh, concentrate on my fasting and praying, you know. But then I felt that, you know, a door has opened, you know. But I, little did I know the kind of door that it was. Do you see? that it was a very, very great door of ministry for me. You know, that was standing right in front of me. But my tradition, my traditions of that particular tradition of fasting at that time was telling me that everything else at that time is wrong and is not really of God. And this man, he never changed his program. He always had it during our fasting because of him. I fasted through airports, feeling very hungry, looking at people as I'm traveling, sitting on the plane, traveling, fasting. And I said, this is a very wicked experience to be fasting and traveling. It's not easy to be fasting on a plane when they are serving people things at the airports. There are different types of food there. And you are the only one fasting and moving around. But truly... It was a great door. Through that door, I was in many, many countries in Latin America. And if you look at me, or even let's not look at me, let's look at you. What connection do you have, you get what I'm saying, between yourself and anywhere in South America in real life? Hmm? There's no connection. There's zero connection. You get what I'm saying? So, it's important that you don't miss when a great door is open. Sometimes, uh, you you see throughout your life that at different times, different doors open. All right? So, let's start with the first door that I want to show you. A number of doors that opened for a number of people and that they were able to recognize it. Amen. Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. And the first person 
that um, we are going to look at is Apostle Paul, a door. Now, it came to pass in Iconium that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews and so spake that a great multitude both of the Jews and also of the Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews teared up the Gentiles and made their minds evil affected against the brethren. Long time therefore abode they speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided. All right? And when there was an assault made both of the Gentiles and also of the Jews to use them despitefully and to stone them. And they were aware of it and fled to Lystra and to Derbe. And there they preached the gospel. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent, a cripple. And the same heard Paul speak perceiving that he had faith to be healed. And he said with a loud voice, stand up. Verse 11, when the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices saying in the speech of Lyaconia, the gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. And they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius because he was the chief speaker. All right. Then the priest of Jupiter, which was before their city, brought oxen and would have done sacrifice, which when the apostles had they run out and rent their clothes, saying, says, why do you do these things? Who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness in that he did good. And with these sayings, scarcely restrained they the people that they had done sacrifice unto them. Verse 19. Are you there? Are you listening? Is it too hot to listen? Now, there came thither certain Jews from Antioch who persuaded the people and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. How be it, as the disciples stood around about him, around his dead body, he rose up and came into the city. And the next day, he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra, confirming the souls of the people. Amen. And when they had ordained elders in every church and had prayed with fasting they commended them to the Lord. Verse 22 confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. Amen. Now when you have a near-death experience where you almost die and you come out of it alive, you must recognize that a great door has been opened 
to you. When Paul was stoned, they gathered around him that he's dead. You know? But then he got up. And he was declared alive. Even after he almost seemed to die. So, where you find that you are about to die, but you are now declared alive, and you are declared a survivor, you must recognize that a great door is open. And what did Paul do with this great door? He went on and went to confirm the souls. He preached in that city and Lystra, Iconium, Antioch, confirming souls that we must, through much tribulation, enter the kingdom. And then he ordained elders in every church. So, Apostle Paul recognized he was still alive. He was still alive. So, what I want to say is that if God enables you to survive this pandemic and you are declared alive at the end of all this, it means that he has not finished with you and he has set before you a great door. You see, that door is your life. What are you going to do now with your life now that you didn't die, but here you are. People thought you would die or even it looked as though you may die. But you didn't die. Or you are not dying. Or you are still alive. Now a great door is opened before you. Ladies and gentlemen, many years ago I read a book. And the book said, whenever God has a great plan for somebody... The person usually can recount one or two near-death experiences in his life. It's because the person is earmarked by Satan to kill the person. And so sometimes you are allowed by God to see that you are almost killed. Now, I believe that this pandemic, I don't know where you are watching from, you know. There are people who say it's not real. Oh, it's just a flu. It's just this. It's just that. But there's enough evidence that it is a real thing. It has been able to ground to a halt. I mean, the greediest people in the world who desperately do everything for money. But it has been able to ground that to a halt. That should show you that it's a real thing. That has threatened the lives of many people. Do you see? And I want to say to you that if you are alive today, then a great door is open. And if this thing passes and you are still alive, we are still alive, and I believe you'll be alive, then I declare to you that a great door is now set before life. Life. You know, some years ago I went to Tamale and uh, when I got to, uh, on the way to Tamale, I got to a town called Buipe. It's the border of the northern region. 
and we entered and I started driving and I looked and I was driving this new car, Korean car, and I turned to the passengers behind me and on my side. Prophet Kakra was sitting by my side and my sister was behind me and her husband was also there and uh, another pastor was there with five of us in the car and I told them that in we will be in Tamale in about 30 minutes to 45 minutes. We'll be in Tamale. But you see, in 30 minutes, I was somersaulting into the forest. You get what I'm saying? And just a little more pressure on the roof of the car, and my neck would have broken in the car. You see? Just a little more pressure on the roof because it, it went over. So a little more pressure and my head would have, my neck would have broken in the car. And, and, and I, would have, I, would have, I would have died. You know, the only thing that happened was there was a cut on my leg from the brake pedal. Which was bleeding. But everybody else was okay. I didn't even know whether they were still alive. But eventually we came out of the car through the roof of the car. And eventually we got to Tamale that very evening. And I, I preached confidently. But after the preaching, my confidence went. And I felt the feeling that everybody has when he has had a near-death experience. It's not an easy feeling. Yes. And I felt that it was, it was too, I, I don't know, I just, there was something horrible, you know, about it. So I think I preached for the next day as well. And I told the pastor that, you know something, I don't think I can stay for the next day. I want to go home. So for the first time in my life, I cut short a program, and I said, I need to take the aeroplane. There's an aeroplane at Tamale Airport. I need to catch it. <laughs> and I went, and I got it. And I flew to Accra. When I landed in Accra, I came from the airport, and I came to the church. At that time, the Grace Tower was half-built in Kolegono. We were building in Kolegono. You know, and it was half. So I looked at it, and I said, wow, so if I died, we, were all, we, we, all, we all knew that we almost died. But Fekakra stood by the car and said, hey, if I had died today, I would be very surprised if I had died today. <laughs> it was a shock. We were not expecting it. But I came out, and right before me was a great door. You know, a door of my life. It has been about maybe 25 years. I, I don't know, about 25 or more years since that experience. And God gave me life. I had not written any book. All my books would have gone with me going. I had not written any book. I had not done any branches. Most of you, I didn't know you. And you didn't know me. Minus 25 from your age and see where you were. Yeah. 
So today I declare, and, and when you see that her, a great door has been opened. Wow. When a lab test is done on your, any part of your body, and the result comes, a number in the lab test from the number that they can invite you to another place. Do you understand? Yes. And based on that, your life is changing and a signal is being given to you that it's over. Yeah. So, brothers and sisters, if God has declared you at the beginning of this year alive and well and you are here, I prophesy to you and I, and I plead with you to see that a great opportunity and a great door seems to be set before you by Almighty God. May you see and make use of this great opportunity that God is giving to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Number two. I want us to see Joseph in Genesis chapter. How did a great door appear in the life of Joseph? In Genesis chapter 40, all right, Joseph was a prisoner and his life was finished. I don't know where you are in life. Maybe things are not going so well. And things seem to be down. How many have watched a film where somebody was escaping and then he saw a door? This way, this way. And they ran. That's what's happening in your life. And now Joseph was in prison and God was about to set before him a door. Watch. And it came to pass after these things that the butler, the king of Egypt, and his baker had offended their lord. And Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers, and against the chief of the bakers. And he put them in ward, that is prison, custody, in the house of the captain of the guard and into the prison where Joseph was bound. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them and he served them and they continued a season in ward or in custody. And they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night. Now, the second way that a door opens before you, and I want you to see because after today, you are going to be recognizing these doors. The second way a door comes is when an opportunity to serve suddenly comes to you. When there's an opportunity to do something or to serve, you should recognize it. This is a door. (laughs) Because... Bible says that, and Joseph served them. Look at it. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them. 
He was a prisoner. And he saved them. He saved them. So, when God gives you an opportunity to serve, you know, because his secret to coming out was the people he was serving. Yeah. It was very connected to him coming out. How he would know them and how they would dream and everything was connected to these guys. It was these two guys who knew the king. Because Joseph was climbing in the society. He had encountered Potiphar, who was a big man. But there were higher people. Now, these were people who were in direct contact with the king. Suddenly, there was an opportunity to serve these people, to serve the people who would somehow, through a series of other circumstances, lead him out of that prison. So when God gives you an opportunity to serve, you know all the, anytime you have a chance to serve in the house of God, just take it. That's your door. Today, when the choir was singing, I was moving my heart and I, and I said, I want to pray for them, all the ladies in the choir. And I, I want to pray for them to get beloveds and to marry. Yeah. Not that you're not singing again, but I need you to be blessed. Yes. Yes. When you have a chance to serve, a door has been set before you. This is your chance, oh. Something to do. Something to do. It's a great door. Something to do. It's a great door. Something to do. It's a great door. I remember one of our brothers. He's, uh, he's somewhere now becoming a, a great man of God somewhere. But he started by taking photographs in the church. I used to see him taking photographs all the time. But that was his opportunity. My door to where I am today was came through an opportunity to serve. Many years ago, when I belonged to a group of singers and musicians, and I was not considered good enough for selection, because they had to take a number of people with them to go and do the recording, I was not selected for that. But after they went... I was, the rest of us, not that we were selected, but the rest of us were appointed to fast and pray for those who had traveled. Huh? <laughs> and I'm sure those who were traveling eh, didn't fast. I don't think they fasted. But a great door had been opened to me Pray and fast for these people who are going to do a recording. The recording they were going to do was a song. Take up your cross, follow me. Deny yourself, follow me. Take up your cross if you want to be my disciple. Those, those were the songs they were going to record. Yeah. But they had to record it abroad because we didn't have a good enough studio in Ghana. 
But I was not selected. I was appointed to fast, to pray. And I decided to join the fast. I, didn't, didn't, I was not offended. No, of course, I, I, I knew that I, was, I had not been selected, but I was not offended. Don't worry when you are not selected. Oh, you'll be surprised at the door that is about to open before you. Now, as we fasted, the man who was leading us in prayer, his voice is very shrill. We used to come and only shouting and praying. But I was appointed. This was my work to support them in prayer. Now, on the last day of that prayer, you see, a door was opening for me for something. On the last day, I was standing at the back of the church. When it was now getting towards the... You know, you know Rich Church? Rich Church in Accra is, is one of the top churches. Now, I was standing at the back of the church on the right-hand corner. And suddenly, a man in white, taller than me, glistening robes, appeared on my right-hand side. I believe it was the Lord. And suddenly, I felt like I was dirty. Remember what Isaiah said? I am undone. I'm, I'm an unclean man with unclean lips. Now, that appearance of the Lord, because you see, that is one of the main things to be an apostle is that, have you seen the Lord before? I believe that that was the day that the Lord appeared by my side. It was a calling, it was an experience. I don't know what happened, but something great happened. And from then, you know, my life was changed. I'd never fasted before. I was very young in my Christian work. But the call to serve was my door. Was my door. Was my door. A great door. When they said, okay, those of you not going to Nigeria for the recording. We are fasting for seven days. Amen. We are sitting there. Amen. And we are meeting every day here. I was, uh, you see, the day the, the man who wrote the song, Take Up Your Cross, Follow Me, I was there on the day that he came. He's a very good songwriter. I was there on the day that he came. He said, we were having rehearsal. I was playing the piano with others and so on. Then he came and said, okay, I have a new song. I'm going to teach you a new song. Then he started. He came to the piano and said, play this. He go to the drums, he'll play, play like this. He'll go to the bass, he said, play this. He'll go to the guitars, play this. Then he comes to the soprano, sing this. Alto, tenor, bass. He told everybody. He was everything. Yeah, I was there. So I was there when the song was taught, but I was not selected. Yes, and I was a keyboardist. <laughs> but I was selected to fast and to pray. And a great door was opened to me. I tell you. Today, I'm standing here. Definitely the apostolic mantle. You see, Paul said, if I'm not an apostle to anybody, I'm an apostle to you. And that you are the evidence of my apostleship. Yes. So when you are given a chance to serve, see it as a great door. Serve in this capacity. Serve like this. Help like this. 
Do something. You know, over the years, I found two types of people. Those are given the opportunity to serve. They don't know it's an opportunity. Then those who have the opportunity and lose the opportunity, they are the ones who really know that it was an opportunity when it's gone. So when you rise up with whatever opportunity there is before you and serve with all your heart, and God is going to bless you. Amen. Number three, I'm showing you a number of ways to see. The first one is to see that when you are, when you are declared alive after a, a crisis or something, you are declared to be alive, a door has been opened. Number two, when you are given an opportunity to serve, it's a door that is opening like David, like Joseph, a door was opening. Number three, a great door is a great opportunity and it happens when you are young. When you are young, you know, and you are thinking. All right? Youthfulness is a great door. Being just young is a door of life. A door is right before you. Now, in Luke 15, 11, it says, And a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father! Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son took his journey into a far country and wasted his substance or wasted his opportunity and wasted his door. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 26, it says, it is good that a man should hope quietly and wait for the salvation and verse 7 it says it is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth yes you see when you are declared to be a young man a great opportunity has been put before you but perhaps the best way to see it is that when you are older you know you, 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 you've lost the chance to do so many things so every young person who is here, you are blessed to be sitting here as a young person because a great door is, is right before you. You've got a chance now eh, to do something for the Lord and to do something that God is giving you the opportunity to do. One day I, I visited a man of God in his church, invited me, and uh, when I was talking with him, he just said to me, You! I said, well, why? He said, why didn't I meet you when I was younger? I'm now 78 years old. What is the use of meeting you at this stage? All the things you are teaching, powerful things, powerful books, everything you've written is so wonderful. How come I'm now meeting you at this age? Why does it help me? Tell the guy was bored, pal. Because his opportunity was gone. What will you do now that you've seen steps to the anointing and so what? At the age of 78, what are the steps to the anointing going to do much for you? It is good for a man to bear his yoke in the youth. 
you will find out with time that being a young person means that a great door is opened before you. A great door. A great door. Yeah. And the door closes gradually. Gradually. You know, recently I was looking at some very young people and I was thinking to myself, you, when I trained you in certain things, you know, by the time you have learned it, well, I may be almost 70 years old. How does it help? And I realized that your life is closing this way like this. And the door is closing slowly. It's widest. And I would say it's the widest when you are 25. 25 is your widest door. It corresponds with your fertility. 25, you are most fertile. Most sperms you have by 25. Your eggs are fresh. I hope you all know how to check fresh eggs. Huh? You don't know how to check fresh eggs? Yes. No woman produces eggs every month. No woman produces eggs every month. You are born with a set of eggs on your shelf like this. It's arranged. And every month you release one. You don't create eggs in your life. And when you release eggs that are not fresh, you can give birth to a monster. One day somebody showed me the secret of how to check whether an egg is fresh. So I got some eggs and then I wanted to check. So you put a big bowl of water quite deep and you put the eggs in or put it one at a time. If the egg is fresh, it will lie down and sleep. But if it is not fresh, you see that an egg which should have been lying down is standing up like this (laughs) under the water. (laughs) Then you see that the egg is even more not fresh like it was brought from Cote d'Ivoire last year. And it has been packed in the sunshine at an egg shop for the last nine months. You see that the egg has changed. So now the egg, which was never taken to a swimming pool to learn how to swim, starts to swim at the top of the water. And you know that this one there is two years old. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Amen. So eggs. I was telling you about eggs. And I was telling you that fertility, fertile. You you can't stay forever. You are not always fertile and always giving a fresh egg. By a certain age, your eggs 
It's changing. Down syndromes are coming. Heart deformities. Deformities of the intestines. You give, can give birth to anus that is closed. No anus. Different things. Hairsprung disease. Different conditions. Because the egg wasn't fresh. And I'm saying that being young is a special door. It's a big door to be fruitful physically and spiritually. When you are young, eh, it's true that you feel more like certain sins. But I'll tell you that older people are even more wicked than you. Yes. No, don't think that old people cannot do bad things. Old people are even they have more wickedness. Yes. You know, when you are a young person, sometimes people try to make, oh, this, I mean, they, this one, if you become a pastor, you just go and fornicate, you just go and do whatever. You'll be surprised the older ones are wild. Wilder ones. So, when, a, when you are young, find the nearest elderly person and look at the person, and you are looking at a door that is closing. The older ones are nearer the front. Look at them. You see that? Mm, a door is closing. Seriously. But the younger ones, a great door, a great opportunity, a great chance, a great chance is with you to serve God, to love God, to be a missionary. To go to the ends of the world, to be spiritual, to pray, to do something for God. This is your chance, I'm telling you. And let me tell you something. When you are young, you can fight sin more than old people. When Solomon was a young man and he was full of love, that was when he didn't serve idols. Yes. It was when he was young that he didn't serve idols. When he got older, he got tired of resisting all his wife's requests. And he just gave in to them. But when he was younger, he didn't do that at all. So sometimes when you are younger, you are strong to resist the devil and to fight back against Satan when Satan is trying to quench you and finish you off. And he's trying to make you into somebody who can never do well. You have more energy to fight back. Yes. And every experience you have as a young man will serve as a type of immunization. Yes. Now we are learning a lot about vaccines. Some of you meet a young girl, she's a vaccination. She's a what? Vaccination. Yes. After encountering her, you say, no, this is it. I've developed an immunity to such people. Yes. If the real one comes, it will not work. Maybe the real one is planning to come when you are mature, when you are at a certain level. Yes. Some of you girls, you meet boys. There are many boys who are predators. Many boys are predators. They are looking for a girl to mishandle and to sleep with and to deceive. There are a lot of predators. Ask the nearest brother, are you a predatorial brother?
Amen. When you meet one predator and you learn how to slap people when they are suggesting nonsense to you. Yes. You learn how to do it. You also learn how to report people who are doing bad things. You say, I would, I would say it. You are a bad person. Yes. Posing as a pastor. Posing as a bishop. Posing as whatever. Wicked man. There are some experiences which are vaccinations for the future. Yes. There are some liars when you meet them, you know these are liars. You never believe that somebody can tell lies like that. So the third door is when a door, just being young, is a door. It's a big door like that. When I came out of the Tamale accident, a door was laid open for me. This is your life. Preach now. Preach now. Build churches and write books. When I came out as a young man from the medical school at the age of 25, that was it. The door was open for me. Number four. A great door is open when you receive a special invitation from someone. Yeah. Anytime you receive a special invitation, remember that. Charlie, this may be a door. First Samuel 16, verse 16. This was Saul. He said, Now let our Lord now command thy servants which are before thee to seek out a man who is a cunning player on a harp. And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee that he shall play with his hand and thou shalt be well. And Saul said unto his servant, provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. Then answered one of the servants and said, I've seen the son of Jesse, Bethlehemite, playing a valiant man, a man of war, prudent, a comely person. The Lord is with him. Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, send me David your son, which is with the sheep. And Jesse took an ass a bottle of wine, a kid, and sent them by David his son unto Saul. And David came to Saul and stood before him and he loved him greatly and he became his armor bearer. When you receive an invitation to go to the palace, come and play instruments for me. Wow. It was a door that was opening and he was way looking after sheep. It was a door. Dear sister, if you receive an invitation, would you like to be my wife? If you receive an invitation, you hear me preaching. Would you like to serve the Lord? It's an invitation. Would you like to go all out for Jesus? It's an invitation. I'm always inviting people and encouraging people to come to the Lord and serve the Lord. And the Bible says when he came, he loved him greatly. The love of someone who loves you greatly is also an open door. Yeah, set before you like that. So, wow. This love is a door to somewhere great. Yeah. Many years ago, a pastor invited me to Malaysia. 
And when I got there, I asked the pastor who picked me, why, 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 why did you invite me? And the pastor said, I don't know, I'll ask my senior pastor. But that man who invited me loved me. He always loved me and chose me. In fact, I would say he's the reason why Yongicho came to Ghana to dedicate our church. Because when the opportunity came, other people were saying, don't go. Don't go. But he stood up at the meeting and said, no, you, you can go there. I have been there. He's a good guy. He can organize everything. And then they immediately turned and said, we will go. So the love of someone towards you may be a great door that God is placing before you. And you need to maybe even take advantage of the love and the open door and the invitation that God is giving you. It may be your door to something far greater than you can imagine. I don't think David ever knew that this is my future. This man is my future. This king. Me, I'm here playing instruments, but I'm going to be the king. He learned how to be a king by being there. The door had been opened for him. So next time God gives you this chance, an invitation, a call, consider it that God is opening a door for me. Amen. And don't let people hold you back. You know, I'm sad to say that there are people who counteract what I say, but in a subtle way. One time I came to a church and I told them, do this, do this, do this. There was an older pastor, one of our pastors, an older pastor. When he heard what I said and the younger pastor was trying to implement it, he told the younger pastor, look, take your time. Things come and go. You know, things come and go all the time. What he said, yes, your efforts are admirable, but things come and go. Uh, you have to apply wisdom when you hear these things. Stay, let's stay with what we have. That's what the older pastor told the younger, let's stay with what we have. Things come and go. You know, things change all the time. You know? So you see, there are people undermining, 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 in a subtle way, fighting you secretly. As you stretch out your hand and say, invite, and the person is going, they will call you. You know, many of the people that work with me were warned not to work with me. I remember one person's worked with me now for about 18 years. When this person was coming to full time, and one of my pastors called and said, you know, you don't have to be, you have to be careful, this one, no, no. Some people who came from America, they were called by people in America and told, don't be careful, this, this, don't go, this, 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 that. Even pastors, you find that they're trying to prevent their children. So I'm just saying that you have to be careful. When a great door is set before you, you'll be surprised. There are many adversaries. Yes. Trying to prevent a great opportunity that God has placed before you. Things come and go. Are you listening to me? Amen. Number six. A great door is open to you. The sixth way you can see that a door has opened to you is when a great mercy of forgiveness is shown to you. 
when like you are forgiven for something major. If you are ever forgiven for something that you now are defenseless in your uh, explanations and what have you, you know, and a great mercy is shown to you, it is a door. Because it's a chance to operate as though you didn't do those things. Paul had a great door. He said, I thank Jesus, my Lord, who has enabled me, that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Who was before a blasphemer. You know, a blasphemer is somebody who says (laughs) negative things. (laughs) You know, there are some people, if they were to come and say they want to come to the church or come back to the church. The people around will not allow them. Yes. They they say, you are calumnious, blasphemous, lugubriously wicked men. (laughs) And they will say, such people as you ought to be extirpated. It's true. Anytime a great mercy is shown to you and forgiveness, and says, play on. The goalpost is right before you. A great door is open to you. And Paul said, I was a blasphemer and injurious. The things I was doing were injurious. But I obtained mercy. But I obtained mercy. Wow. Because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. So ignorance is one of the bases of mercy in God's house. Ignorance. When you are not aware of certain things, it's a basis for forgiveness. Like you may get more forgiveness because you didn't know certain things. That is why when an older person is doing something to a younger person or a, an authority figure like a pastor is doing something to a younger person, it is considered as uh, a man of authority, isn't it? It's abuse. It's considered as abuse because you are in a position of authority. You have a duty of care. You get it? Because I did it ignorantly. If any male pastor asks for your anus, never give, start screaming and run, shout and come and say. Or ask to fornicate, come and say. Or to do things to you, come and say. Yes. You will not be punished for that. You are saving yourself. Otherwise, you descend. You descend. A younger one is more innocent than the older one. They know because you are one of the person's victims. You are one of the person's victims. 
There are certain people that you can't have even in a youth church. They can't work in a youth church because the people are too vulnerable to have certain such, such people in a youth church. Yes. Are you listening to me? I was a blasphemer. I was injurious. Few injurious people are ever forgiven. If ever one day you are forgiven, and if ever one day you are shown mercy, remember, as Paul was shown mercy, God is setting before you a door because you deserve something else. Paul deserved to go to hell for the people that he had cut off. Remember what happened to Jezebel. The Bible said Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord. She cut them off. She killed them. And the servant of the king said, remember I hid 200 prophets and fed them when Jezebel was trying to kill them. People who killed pastors and fight and are injurious are not easily forgiven. Jezebel wasn't forgiven. They said the dogs who eat her her skull, her bones were eaten by dogs. But Paul, who also killed a pastor and was on his way to kill more, was forgiven. He was shown mercy. If God shows you mercy, he's laid a door before you. Walk on free. Walk on free. And serve me. I met a man in Panama one time. I was in a lift and he was also across. And I said, one of the things I say often, I said, we are blessed. He said, I'm really blessed. Then he continued. I said, well, you know, I was a murderer. He said, when I was this age, I killed somebody. Yeah. And I was taken to prison. And I was sentenced to 20 years or so in prison. And he said, whilst I was in prison, the pastor whom you are coming to preach for, he came to preach to me in the prison. And I gave my life to Christ. And then he said, then there was a mistake in the computer in the prison. And I was selected for release. Mm. Out. I came out of the prison. He came out. Hey! You know, he told me, he said, I've built 200 churches in Uganda. He's an American. I've built 200 churches in Uganda. I came out free. Yes. They made some jumbling in the computer and they selected him out. Are you serious? He said, I'm serious. Out. He came out. Get out of jail free. He said, so, so what he said to me, when you say you are blessed, me, I know. I said, me, I'm blessed. I was, I was a prisoner. I was set free. <laughs> I'm blessed to be here. I'm really blessed. 
And he said, I, told, I tell, you know, my daughters, he's ma- married and his children are grown up and married. And he said, I tell my daughters all that. I tell my sons-in-law, you know, those who have come to marry my daughters. I tell them, you know, I've murdered, I've killed a man before. So you have to be very careful because uh, my background and so on is very serious. <laughs> If you have a father-in-law who is, has been a murderer before. Yeah. Amen. Number one, what is the first great door? How do you see a great door? Number one, when you are declared alive and healthy like, like Paul. Number two, a great door happens when you are invited to serve, isn't it? Number three, a great door when you are a young person. Beautiful. Number four, a great door is a great. Um, number four is what? When you have a special invitation. All right. Number five, a great door is when a great mercy and forgiveness is shown to you. Number six, a great door it happens when you arrive at a new place. Genesis 39. Your arrival, well, anytime you've arrived at a new place in your life, remember that it's a new door. Wow, what a blessing to come to a new country, a new place, a new town, a new situation. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer, a captain of the guard, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. So as soon as they, Joseph arrived in Egypt, a door had opened. Because he was, it is Joseph, Egypt that he was going to be great. So the new venue, new city, new nation, new place, new location, it means what? A great door has been opened. As you've arrived and as you land, a great door is set before you. Hallelujah. Number seven. We are having revival and everything all in one. A great door happens when there is a call from God. In Matthew 4, Peter received such a call. Jesus was walking down and he saw two brethren and they called him. Jesus, Simon, he called Peter and, and they were fishers. And he said, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. When you receive the call of God, we always ask, do you believe God has called you? Do you believe God has called you? Do you believe God has called you? Do you know I can remember when I was writing my A-levels in Achimota school, we have a, what color is it? Six formers. Is it pink or something? Brown? No. I remember six formers. I, I remember writing my O-level and I knew I was called. I knew I was called. Let me tell you, young people, it's when you are young, God often calls you when you are young. I remember writing my A-level, A-level, that's 1982. I knew I was called. As I was walking to the assembly hall to go and write my papers, physics, chemistry, biology, I knew that God had called me. 
I was yet even to go to medical school, but I knew God had called me. As I was working, I was fasting. I fasted throughout my A-level. It's not such a wise idea because glucose helps the brain. You, know? you need glucose, not ketones. But I just fasted anyway. And I wasn't fasting because I was trying to do something. It was natural to fast. Yeah. Has God called you? Then it means a great door has been set before you. I want you to be very spiritual in this 2021. A great door is open unto you. Amen. And number eight, when the end of a crisis comes, a great door opens. At the end of every terrible temptation and crisis, you notice that a door is opened. Look at Luke chapter 4, verse 13. The Bible says, and when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Ha! And as soon as that temptation and crisis was over, what did Jesus do? He returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And there he went into the synagogue. And that is when he started preaching in verse 16. And then in verse 18, he stood up and he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. I don't know what temptation the devil has taken you to the wilderness to tempt you and to try you and to shake you and to bully you and to harass you. But at the end of that temptation, the Bible says, and the devil ended all the temptations. It doesn't continue all the time. There comes an end to certain things. When the end comes, you must remember. As you start breathing, things seem to be a little normal. Ha, ha, ha. It means a great door. That was the door for Jesus' ministry. It is now that he entered for the first time into the synagogue to start preaching. And he took full opportunity, the fullness of that opportunity and ran with it to serve the Lord with might and with strength. I want you to run through every door that God is placing before you. Don't joke with it any longer. Recognize doors. Recognize doors. At the end of the temptation, at the end of the crisis in the wilderness, a door was opened for his great ministry to begin. Your great ministry begins from now in the name of Jesus Christ. And I believe that when this pandemic is over, eh, if things return to normal and you are survived after a great crisis, ah, a great door, greater than any other door has ever been opened in your life will be opened very wide. Amen. And number nine, a great door is open when God elevates you. Amen. Exodus 7 verse 1. See, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh. See, you see how great I've made you. Whenever you are made great by God, Have you been made great in anything? You've been made, madam? Mrs? Mrs? It's a great door, eh? Sister? (laughs) You see all the sisters in the choir? How many of you are not married? Raisy, raisy, raisy. Yeah, most of you are not married. Where are they? I don't see their faces. Okay. You see now? But when you have been elevated, it says, see, I have made thee a God. 
See, I've made you madam. When you are madam, I need to see you still in the choir. And never allow anybody to call you madam. Many people have mistaken old age of being elderly or being older for something that it is not. And actually, for many people, being older is actually sometimes a manifestation of pride. Yes. See, I've made you a God. And so what? Humble yourself and obey me still. See, I've made you a God to Pharaoh. And so what? Just continue obeying what I've been telling you to do. But I want you to see that I've made you very great. Humble yourself and keep flowing. Even if you've been very great, humble yourself and keep flowing. You know me, I don't like certain things I don't enjoy. And we shouldn't enjoy them. The Bible says, mind not high things. Yeah. Mind not high things. We know posh things. We know posh things. And I will always be teaching you more posh things. But we should be able to be everywhere and flow. If a few drops of rain fall on you, and so what? Is it not exciting? Ah, your life is so boring. It's exciting. See, I've made thee a God. When God elevates you and makes you great, it's now the opportunity to use your greatness to really obey God and help God's work. Yes. Yes. Use it. You know, by the grace of God, a few great things I've seen. And I think that I've used every opportunity that God has given me to help the work of God. Yes. If I've used my effort to build the church at 90 units, I've used less than 10 units to build my own life in my family. If I look at my life, and ask me, how much effort have I used to build my life? Effort? If I've used 90 units, and the maximum you can use is 100, I've used 90 to build a church. My personal life and my family, I've used 10 or less than 10 units. Ten, the ratio will be 10 to 90. Yes. I mean, it's my own subjective idea. And I may be wrong even. I may be wrong. I may be wrong because I could be wrong. But that's what I think. And I think God has done all the other 90% that I didn't do for myself. He has done it for me. He will be doing greater things for you that you cannot do for yourself. Yes. See, I have made thee a God. Look at it. He said, see, I have, the Lord said to Moses, see, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh and Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. So your brother is like a prophet and you are like God to Pharaoh. Wow. Amazing. And finally, number 10. What is number one? What is the first? Huh? When you are declared what? Alive. Wow. When you go for blood tests and lab tests and they say what? Everything is normal. It means what? A great door has been opened to you. Amen. You are alive. 
Number two, when what? You have a chance to serve. Joseph had a chance to serve these uh, imprisoned losers. Number three, when you are young, isn't it? Number four, when what? A special invitation comes from somebody. Woo! Number five. Or number six. Number five. When great what? Mercy is shown to you. Have you ever been forgiven for something you shouldn't be forgiven for? If you have ever been forgiven, that is a great mercy. Wow. And from then onwards, you must really walk through the door. Number seven. When you arrive at a new place in life, maybe you go, you move to London. You say, wow. You'll be moving soon. You arrive in the Caribbean, you'll be moving soon. Number seven. When there is a great call. Number eight. When the end of a terrible temptation comes. Number nine. When God elevates you is a great door. And finally, number 10, when you are brought closer. When you are brought closer and given a closer relationship, it's a great door. Some people don't know what is the meaning of being close. Closeness is the greatest thing you can have. Yeah. In Daniel chapter 9, chapter 1 and verse 3, the king spoke to Ashpenaz the master of his eunuchs. And he said, bring certain of the children, children in whom there is no favor, that he might teach them. And the king appointed a daily provision. So nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof, they might stand before the king. Wow. And when they brought them, they became the famous Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. So he brought them that they might stand before the king. I don't know who you are. But not everybody is allowed to come close. There are some rooms you'll never be. Yeah. But if ever God brings you close to somebody, somebody who is important to be close to, it's, a, it's an opportunity. It's a great, great door. One day, a great man of God took me to his bedroom. A number of men of God have taken me, not a number, but some men of God have taken me to their bedroom. When he took me to his room, he said, come, I want to show you something. So I followed him in the room. And he took me somewhere and said, look at this. And he showed me something. I said, wow. He told me, this is what this is for. It was a great opportunity. I've never, seen, I've never seen certain things before unless they had, I was taken and shown. You may be close, but you, you'll be fine now that there's much closer than you could be. Don't trifle with that opportunity. Yeah. If you are ever asked to come and be a cleaner or a sweeper, say, sweep where? Sweep here? So I would like to sweep, sweep here. You know what? I invited a man of God to come and preach in our church. And he told me, when I was giving him a honorarium, he said to me, please, don't give me a honorarium. I will pay you to come here. I will pay you to come to preach in your church. Yeah. He said, it's such a great thing to be able to preach in your church. I would pay you to come here. You don't have to give me a honorarium. 
there are some blessings to be brought close. You rather will pay to be brought close than playing the fool with it. You pay. There's nothing as valuable as that. One day somebody asked me about a job. So I have this job or this job. Which one should I take? I said, take the one that will make you closer. Even if, if, even the pay is less. Closeness to God, closeness to whatever is important, is a great door. Great door. Great door. Great door. A great door. A great door. So from today, recognize what God is doing in your life. If you don't become alert, you will not notice. And great things will pass. Me, I don't want to see in the first love chat. If God blesses me and I, I'm alive in some years to come, I wouldn't like to be seeing sisters in the church who say, this one, this brother came. She didn't say, he said, no. This one said, he's like this. This one said, like this. The great doors open to them. They didn't ever value it. Till all the petrol stations were gone. You know something, when you're going to Kumasi, you have to buy petrol at the last important one because after that, there's no petrol station for some time. And you can run out of options. You never run out of options in Jesus' name. Stand to your feet. Lift your hands at home. Please don't cook when we are preaching. Don't fry chips. Don't order takeaway during. Don't order takeaway during um, the preaching. Wait and then you can do everything after. What a blessing. Amen. Lift your holy hands. Call on the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Jolene and Cole, can I see you upstairs? Lift up your hands. A great door. A great door. A great door is open. Lift your hand to the one who loves you. The one who is placing doors before you. When you arrive at a new place, Jesus is opening a door for you. Jesus. I will never let you go. Taking me, taking me from the miry clay. You set my feet upon a rock. Now I know. I love you. I love you. I need you. I need you. A great dog. My world may fall. You survive. I'll never let you go. Great mercy. I will worship you until the 
recognize it Lord we recognize your hand we recognize your hand Lord your hand is at work Lord thank you thank you may all forms of blindness all forms of darkness that keep us shrouded in inabilities inability to move inability to take advantage of the great door that is placed before us May all forms of blindness be broken out of our lives from today. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. Thank you. Thank you. Lift your hand as you love Jesus. As you love Jesus. As you love Jesus, thank you, Lord, for the blessing.
Hallow it be. Hallowed be. be done. Let it be done. Hallow it be. Hallow it be. Your name.
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you are watching online on television, need a friend on the screen, you can see, do you give your life to Christ today? Are you feeling lonely? Do you need a friend? Text or WhatsApp on this number right there on the screen and your life will never be the same. God bless you. You may be seated. Now, take out, we're having Holy Communion. Holy Communion. Take, eat, this is my body, which was broken for you. Do you have your communion? All right, where are these people going? Okay, they want to get some communion. All right. Stand to your feet and let's... Now, against every pandemic and against every curse, against every disease, against every sickness, the body of Jesus Christ cannot be infected, cannot die. And therefore, we receive of the body of Jesus Christ, the body of Jesus Christ. crisis, temptation and demon presence in your life. The Egyptians you see today, you shall see them no more because of the blood. As you pass through the Red Sea, what evil was pursuing you is no more going to be able to pursue you because the Red Sea and the blood is the last card. May you live far longer than the enemy expected you to live and may your enemies discover that you are filled with longevity graces to cross 20 with ease 30 with ease 40 with ease 50 with ease 60 with ease 70 with ease and 80 with ease Father thank you for your grace and your mercy that is extended to everyone because of the blood. Whatever we have done wrong, let the blood of Jesus neutralize it and wipe it out. We thank you for the blood that washes us white as wool, the blood of Jesus. The blood. The blood. The blood. That Jesus shed for me. Way up your hands. back on Calvary, the blood, the blood that, that gives me strength from day to day. It will never. Come on, do you believe the blood never loses its power? Oh, 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 it reaches 
Father, thank you for all your little ones who have not seen good things yet. But I thank you, good things begin now. The blood of Jesus makes it possible. Your power makes it possible. We give you thanks and we give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And everyone shouted, Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.